Hi, I'm Ziv, and this is episode 5 of the Father and Son Finances Podcast. This episode is all about assets and liabilities. Hi, I'm Morris, Ziv's father, and as he said, we're going to be talking about assets and liabilities. An asset is really something that has value, that you own, that creates income, and a liability is something that you owe somebody else something, and there's a cost. Ziv, you want to name some assets or liabilities? So, Dad, assets are things like... Uh, owning a house and renting it out, or a hotel, or shares, or a shopping center, and liabilities is like debt, school fees. Yeah, so I think what you're saying is right, and you use a very interesting example, owning a house that you can rent out, whereas owning a house that you're not renting out technically would be considered an asset according to accounting principles, but according to a book written by Rich Dad, Poor Dad, called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, written by a person by the name of Robert Kiyosaki, he really redefines the idea of an asset and liability. And that's what I'd really like to talk about today. It, it was a book that I read about 20 years ago um, in the early 2000s. And it really changed my perspective on how you think about assets and liabilities. So I'm going to just give an example of what an asset and liability is according to call it accounting principles that you learn in school. And then contrast that to how um, Robert Kiyosaki from Rich Dad, Poor Dad fame talks about an asset and liability, which I think is far more useful when we're talking about investing, talking about growing wealth. So an asset, according to the financial accounting terms, is more around something you own, has value, and you own it. So this could be a house, it could be a share portfolio, it could be cash, it could be even debt that other people owe you. So people might be have bought something from you and they owe you something. It might be stock that you, you know, um, you manufacture a product and you're sitting with the product in your warehouse. All of those things would be assets according to accounting principles. And then liabilities would be where you owe money to other people. So you bought maybe some products from people to, to manufacture your product, but you haven't paid for it yet, so that would be a liability. Maybe you've borrowed money from the bank, that would be a liability. Credit card debt would be a liability. Now, that's more from an accounting perspective, but from the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the Robert, Robert Kiyosaki re-looked at what assets and liabilities were, not from accounting. He was just saying, assets should be things that make money for you, and liabilities are things that cost you money, that are taking money away from you. And it's a very fine distinction because what we're looking for as investors and looking to grow our wealth, we're looking for assets. We're looking for things that are going to make money work for us instead of us work for money. So an asset allows money to work for you. You invested in something to create more money, whereas a liability is something that creates an expense for you and therefore it's costing you money all the time and we want to get as little of those things as possible or if we do have any of that we want to know that those are liabilities. Um, Zev, so I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think the house that you live in, so a home that you buy to live in, not to rent out, would that be an asset according to accounting or a liability according to accounting and would that be an asset or a liability according to Robert Kiyosaki? So Dad, from an accounting perspective, the house that you live in, it would be considered an asset because you own it and it's worth something. But in the in Rich Dad Poor Dad, 
it would say that it's liability because your house isn't making you money, you're not renting it out, and it's costing you money to actually own it. So that's exactly right. So a house, according to normal accounting principles, is an asset because it has a value. Even if you, even if the bank, you've borrowed a mortgage against it, the house part would have, be the asset and then the mortgage would be the liability. Whereas from Robert Kiyosaki's perspective, not only would the mortgage be a liability because it's costing you interest, but in fact, a house that you're living in is costing you money to maintain, to upkeep, rates and taxes, so it's a liability. Now, we all want to live in a home, um, and we could rent a house, um, but equally only living in a house is, is, is equally nice, and, but it shouldn't be seen as a way of creating wealth. A home is not something that generates wealth, it, in fact, in a lot of ways, um, retracts from your wealth. Now, I do prescribe to the idea of owning your own home. I think it gives you a quality of life that that is important. So I think there's there are, call it, number factors when you're looking at the rands and cents of making money or losing money. And then there are the emotional elements uh, that we were talking about uh, before where you've got to make choices. And, you know, Choosing to own a nice home and spending some of your money maintaining that home and and living in a nice place is is fine, provided that your your expenses you've got enough income from primarily passive income that can really support all your expenses. Then you're fine, and then you're obviously saving money. Um, if you find a situation where all your expenses are adding up to a point where you you don't have enough income then you're going to be losing money and ultimately that's not a good ob objective and you need to change your lifestyle then. And that might mean downsizing your home. So when we're talking about a house, we're going to be talking about it as in terms of its liability from a Robert Kiyosaki perspective. And we're going to be talking about how do we find assets that are going to create income. So I think, um, can you give me some examples there of what you think would be good investments or good ways to create income and then things to avoid that might be creating new liabilities. So that an asset in which they put that is basically just anything that would give you money without you working for it. So that could be uh, like, as, as I said, a rented house or renting out a hotel or like a shopping center, anything that's just giving you money without you having to go and work for it. So an S, a liability, would be something like an expensive car. You have to pay for the car first of all, then you have to pay for petrol. And sometimes you want to clean that car. You should still clear those things. Yeah, so I think this is, those were great examples. And what I want to now really talk about is why is this so important? So there was a book called Trading Your Way to Financial Freedom by a person by the name of Dr. Van Tharp. And he coined this idea of financial freedom. And what financial freedom is when your passive income is bigger than your expenses. Now, what I mean by passive income is income that you don't have to work for. For instance, going to a job every day, uh, I'm employed by a company, they pay me a salary, that would be um, not passive income. That's me being actively working every day to, to earn my income. So that's not passive income. Similarly, let's say I run my own business. So even though I own the business, I have to go in every day and the business doesn't just um, do the work itself. I have to work really hard to run that business. Then again, that isn't 
passive income that would be me actively working hard. Um, and, and if my business is, let's say, would I work for a property company, then, you know, collecting rent on the shopping centers, etc., is not as passive as you want it to be. And you really want to get it to a point where you've got enough other people employed that they can go collect the rent and you can watch the income coming in. Then it starts to become passive income. So really good examples of passive income are you got cash in the bank that's earning you interest. And, we can, and that's a whole different discussion why cash has pros and cons. Um, but certainly cash earning interest is, a, is an asset. So is having properties that earn rental income that you can outsource all the hard work to somebody else and you're still making money. And, and then something like a share in a business. So those might be listed shares or might be shares in a company that um, doesn't have, uh, that isn't listed, but you don't have to work hard because you're not the boss anymore. Um, you're just a passive shareholder. And even certain um, trade rights and things like that. So you might have a copyright. If you've written a book, you might get royalties. Those kind of things would be passive income. And what you want to do is make sure your passive income over time grows and grows and grows. And that's where you really want to invest all our savings into those kind of things that are going to grow our passive income. And that will hopefully eventually outweigh all our expenses. And then we will have what we call financial freedom. It doesn't mean we don't have to work. It doesn't mean we don't have to do other things, but it, it gives us a lot of freedom that from a financial perspective, we don't have to work. We can choose to work or do things that we want to do with our time. And that I think is really the core objective of, of why we're trying to do all these investments ultimately and why we're caring about money. We had a whole discussion around why money isn't good or bad, but what money does do is it, it can help you buy your time, allows you to live a very good lifestyle without having to uh, work really hard for that. Now, um, if you've created this source of passive income. So a lot of people you might see if they've got a big house, fancy cars. Does that make them wealthy or not? Eh? Well, I think it makes them wealthy. So having a big house and lots of fancy cars, you perceive them to look like they're wealthy, but we don't really know. I mean, really, no one really knows anybody else's wealth, if, if we're being honest. But if someone has a big house, but they've got a big loan to the bank, well, then they're maybe not as wealthy, wealthy as we think they are. They've got a big fancy car, and they've got all those expensive of that fancy car. They might be perceived to be wealthy, but they're actually maybe uh, only a few paychecks away from bankruptcy. Um, and similarly, somebody that um, has uh, very little money um, or perceived to have not a fancy house, not a fancy car, might actually have a lot of wealth that's been built up over time. And you don't know what their bank balance is. And they're just very conservative with how they spend their money. And in fact, they've created a lot more financial freedom. So I think... There are two parts to financial freedom. One being what your income is, and the passive income that you're creating through assets. And the other is your expenses and the number of expenses that you've got and, and, and how big those are. Because obviously the bigger your expensive, the more passive income you need. And the lower your expenses, the less uh, passive income you need. So Zev, I want to know when I was 26 and a newly married, do you think I had a lot of need for passive income versus compared to me now at 40 years old, do you think I need more passive income to, to have financial freedom? 
She said, I think you would need more passive income when you're older because when you're younger, you don't have so many expenses, all these things to take care of, no children, no school fees, you don't have this big house yet. But when you're older, the more older you get, usually you want to buy more things and now you have to pay, you need more passive income. So that, that's correct. As you get older, often you get these more expenses. Um, and then as you, when you really start off in life, you start off with very little expenses. So you really don't need a huge amount of income and you've got a lot of what, what's called disposable income. You've got all this money that you don't need to spend. And that's what you should be really saving. So when you get older and you've got more dependents, people worrying about you, you can then have those investments saved up over time um, so that that can generate you income. Certainly as you get really older, maybe your children grow up and, and leave home, that's a, a point in time that you might get less, your expenses might go down a little bit and then in the need for, for a, a big amount of passive income or capital that can grow your, your passive income is, is less. Now, I think often people think that they need this huge amount of money um, to to have this passive income of financial freedom. So you often get people thinking about, oh, I'm gonna win the lotto and it's gonna change my life. But then you also hear these horror stories of people who win the lotto and then they actually lose all their money. And the real issue that you really find with people that win the lotto and lose their money is what they do is they start buying themselves liabilities. When I say they buy themselves liabilities, they buy themselves big houses, fancy cars. So it looks like an asset from a fund accounting perspective, but it's really a liability because it's costing them more and more money to maintain. They create these big lifestyles, fancy holidays, and quickly the money gets spent. And then they realize that they've lost all their winnings from their, um, from their, their lottery winnings, call it, and, and they're very upset about it. And versus... You know, let's think about some of the numbers it requires to, to live a very, uh, a very nice lifestyle. So in South Africa, I would say if you earn more than, a, call it 100,000 Rand of income a month after tax, a, a, that is a phenomenal amount of money. So I mean, not very many people earn that. It's probably, uh, if you look at tax uh, return statistics, if, if, you know, 10% of the population are earning more than that, that, that would be uh, a quite a big number. So 100,000 Rand a month uh, for most people listening should be a, a huge amount of money. And, and you might have some people listening saying, hold a second, I can't get through the month with just 100,000 Rand. And that's because they've got much bigger expenses. But let's assume that your, your expenses were 100,000 Rand a month. Then that would be about 1.2 million Rand a year. Now, if you could generate just about a 5% return on your investments after tax, which is a possibility, that would mean you would need about 24 million rand of capital earning you 5% return to, to generate you 1.2 million rand of, of income. So, you know, when you hear about people earning, having winning the lottery um, for you know, 20, 30 million rand, you know, really that can set you up for life and you can have an amazing lifestyle provided you don't go buy millions of things or create this very heavy lifestyle and invest that capital wisely. Now, I think you can even generate a better return than 5%. So if you were able to generate a 10% return, suddenly that would mean 12 million rand. And, and if you need, could generate a 20% return, it would only need 6 million rand. So we, we often think about 
wealthy people being these people that have billions and billions or hundreds of millions of rands. Um, and, and the truth is you can be really quite uh, wealthy by really owning, really having what I would say is about a million dollars, which is about uh, six, 15, just under 15 million rand today. So, you know, the idea that um, you need to have billions and billions and live the life of the rich and famous is really not a, a realistic objective and it's not a necessary objective. Um, and I, there was a book called, written called uh, The Millionaire Next Door. Um, and it's about a million dollar heirs. Um, and it was written, done in research in America. And what the guy really did was try to understand how did these people create, become wealthy? And really, a million dollars really creates a sense of financial freedom if you're living a very uh, conservative lifestyle. And the majority of people that, that are millionaires in, in dollar terms um, in America, but, but similarly would be the case in South Africa, is people that um, generally are older, have been saving their money for, for a long period of time, they're professionals, they're living a conservative lifestyle, they own their own homes, um, they might, some of them run their own businesses or, or, or well educated, but there isn't, um, and, and, but there isn't this, like they won the lotto, they had to have these big fancy businesses. It's really about consistency over the long term. And, and that's, I think, part of the message I'm trying to get here is, you know, you don't have to be a billionaire at age 20. It's, it's really about building wealth over a lifetime and, and, and creating a, a, a very a passive kind of income stream. So as you're saving money, you're creating more and more investments that are creating passive income and, and then just managing your expenses very responsibly. And th that is probably the, the core advice we can give all our listeners is to really We've discussed about budgeting, and I think that's a very important tool because it allows you to see where you're spending your money. That allows you also to shrink some of the expenses and hopefully allow you to start saving money. And then the next steps, which we're going to start discussing, is now that you're saving money, what are we going to do with that savings? So I think that's a good place to end the podcast. Now that we've learned how to save and budget and learned about assets and liabilities, we can now put our savings into the correct assets and uh, learn what to buy. So thank you all to the listeners for listening to episode 5 of the Province and Finances Podcast.